We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect, there are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, American, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. This is the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. Here's your host, John Halpin. Hey everybody, it's John Halpin. Welcome to the December 27th edition of the Roadwire Fantasy Football Podcast. Derek Van Riper and I are going to preview the Week 17 games for those of you who are still playing. Why you're still playing, we don't know, but you know, hey, it's fantasy football. So if you've got to play an extra week, even though we disapprove of the general structure of your league, we like that you're playing, I guess. Um, Derek, how was your Christmas, bud? It was nice. It's um, it's funny because at, at my parents' house, the gathering is a little bit bigger than it was a couple of years ago. My brother got married in August. My sister's been dating the same guy for, I think, almost two years now. So there's there's eight people there. Uh, there'll be a baby next year, so we'll be up to nine, and two dogs. And that gathering was five people for so long that I, I'm just I'm not used to it being a little more crazy. Right. But it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. It's uh, It's a good time. And, you know, I think... I like that I'm lucky enough to have a split day where my, my two sides of the family like live close enough together. I do this at Thanksgiving most years, too, where I get to spend half the day with my family and half with my wife's family. And I know a lot of people don't get to do that. So I, I, I realize every time, like, even though it's busy in the moment, I'm, I'm grateful to be able to do that because it might not always be that way. 
And some right. people never get to do that. Yep. Absolutely. That's a pretty good deal. Yeah. How, I, how was how was your Christmas though? And how, how did the clam pizzas go? Clam peaches were a hit. Every year people do that. This is the best one yet. Like, okay, I guess. I mean, they came out pretty good. Um, <laughs> everybody, like, I'm using the same recipe. <laughs> yes. Well, the funny part is there was one, I think the second one that came out of the oven, because the first one came out and it went quick. And I had a couple of people ask. Like at one point, my mom looked at me and like, goes, I-, I need to get one from the next one, next pie. I go, okay, fine. I literally did. I took it out, put it on the counter next to the stove. I literally did not get away from that counter before all eight slices were gone. Like people, they were like locusts swarming around the clam pizza. What was the turnout? Did you get up to 60 people? I think we had around 60. I and mean, some people, you know, couldn't make it, which was fine. We looked around at one point. I think we counted around 60 in, in the house. So, um, plus that was the, you know, the kids are all upstairs. So who, who knows how many of them there were? There are just a bunch of them that I barely saw. So, right. and you're trying to get like two slices per person, probably, you know, it was probably one at this point. It's just, you know, other people brought food. That helps. So, yeah, it, it wasn't like, like I said, with, with the, I think I might have said before, with the big crowd now, the, it's gotten bigger the last couple of years, I've realized that I can't keep up on the pizza. It's just like, if you get it, great. If you don't, you know, sorry. So, but next year, what I might do, because the clam is such a big thing, I might order, let's say, four or five cheese pizzas and then just make clam so I can increase the clam output. That would probably make people really happy because then the kids can just eat the pizza you ordered. So that right. like fills them up and, and keeps them off the, the handmade stuff. Yep. I think I think you found a, a solution. I was going to say you should get one of those those pizza ovens or two or three of them. <laughs> right. And you could you could have like three pies going at once like in those like individual things. Or you could just get another big oven. I guess that would be the other thing people might consider. Well, when we moved into the, our new house and trust me, folks, we'll get to football in a minute. Um this is it's it's we built it and there was an option for a second oven and i i'm thinking on christmas eve this will come in really handy you know there'll be a few days a year where it will help a lot and christmas mm-hmm. eve will be one of them and i go great i really want to look into this option they said okay well that comes with the platinum kitchen where oh. you get this this and this and it's only an extra fifteen thousand dollars i'm like you know i don't think i need that <laughs> Yeah, no, for 15 grand. I mean, if you can just, if you're custom, custom to the point where you can do it as an individual add on, yes. it's, it's probably worth doing, you know, 10 times over the life of the house if you're going to be there a while. But yeah, it's, you're getting seven other upgrades that you didn't want. Right. I don't need the quartz countertop. <laughs> I just you, want the other. Yeah. You chose wisely. Yeah. All right. Let's get uh, let's get moving on football. So we're going to talk about week seventeen, where there's some interesting quirks. But before that, if you have any questions over the weekend or leading up to the weekend, Derek is at Derek Van Riper. I'm at jhoppin thirty seven on Twitter. You can also tweet us at Rotowire. You can get player updates at Rotowire NFL, and we've got a Facebook page. You'll see uh, our friend Tim Heaney there a lot, and other people. But if you need to follow anything, check us out there. All right, let's get to week seventeen. First, all games are on Sunday. Mostly meaningless games in the one o'clock window, except for Jets, Pats, and Jags, Texans. Because if the Pats lose and the Texans win, the Texans could get uh, could get the second seed. And if the Texans lose, they could go down as low as the sixth seed. So there's some injury, but those, those are the two playoff teams or the two teams that can affect their standing that play in the early window. All the other games with meaning are late. But let's go Cowboys, Giants, which has no meaning. Because the Cowboys are locked into the NFC number four seed. 
And Jerry Jones said early in the week, yeah, we're going to play people. Um, however, in the past, the Cowboys have said that and they did not play people like, you know, Dak Prescott played two series and Ezekiel didn't play. And back when they had Des Bryant, he barely played. Uh, if you're still playing in week 17, I would say you cannot trust the Dallas Cowboy. Do you agree? You can't trust the good ones. I mean, maybe maybe they're willing to sacrifice Cole Beasley, <laughs> but <laughs> right. they're running him out there with a backup quarterback and an offense that sits on the ball anyway. That'll probably just punt 10 times. So, yeah, I, I would avoid all Dallas players in, in week 17 for the reasons you outlined. Um, Saquon Barkley has has because of the Cowboys situation, Saquon Barkley has got to be the the chalkiest of the chalk this week in it, basically at any position, I think. Right. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, I, I think if they're really just not trying, not really worried about it, he's going to have a much easier path to a, a big game. And you go back to their, their first meeting, like they, they effectively bottled up Saquon Barkley on the ground. He only had 28, carry, or 28 yards on 11 carries, but he caught 14 passes for 80 yards. So in terms of PPR and just getting up to 100 yards from scrimmage, he still did that. Uh, just had to do it kind of an unconventional sort of way. So I would expect things to be much easier for him on the ground this time around, given the circumstances. Okay. The other thing with the Giants, Odell Beckham Jr. did not. We're recording this, by the way. I'm talking at about nine exactly 9.42 a.m. Eastern on Thursday. Odell Beckham Jr. did not practice on Wednesday. We do not know his status for the weekend. Just remember, Just remember last week, the Giants were sort of insistent that he wasn't being shut down, that they were going to see if he could play. I would think that if there's any risk at all, they won't play him, but he hasn't been officially shut down yet, and they're trying to avoid that. So I think they would like him to play if he's able. So keep an eye on him. Uh, Otherwise, Engram got, what, 12 targets last week? Yeah, he was heavily involved again. Yeah, so I think that's that's an interesting guy. I think he's most people have him top five tight ends. We're going to see where Jeff has him on the value meter. Uh, Jeff has... Engram at tight end four behind Kelsey Ertz Kittle. Raiders Chiefs. So the Chiefs will play to win. Chiefs are at home. They win. They clinch the top seed in the AFC. If they lose and the Chargers win, then the Chargers get the top seed in the AFC. So the, the Chiefs have lots of incentive. Spencer Ware was back at full practice on Wednesday. If you're a Damian Williams owner and you're playing this week, what are you thinking? You think in part time? You're thinking sidekick or what? him splitting touches maybe getting most of his work in the passing game but i i just think with spencer Ware, if you're the chiefs yeah you need to win but you probably don't want to risk overworking him and you've seen that damian williams can pretty capably contribute in your offense i mean these last couple games have been pretty impressive he's over five yards of carry in limited chances this season doing the usual things out of the backfield as a pass catcher so I, I could see this being like a 50-50 split or maybe 60-40 favoring Ware because Ware gets a little more of the carry load. But depending on game flow, Damian Williams could be pretty busy again. Yep. All right. Um, the other side of this one. So if you look at pass defense over any, however you want to put, you know, segment the season, the Chiefs kind of rank pretty low as far as against quarterbacks and wide receivers. Do you look at this for, for Carr and let's say Jordy? Do you look at this game and think opportunity, or do you go, yeah, they're still not that good? I think it's that they're still not that good. I mean, they're going on the road. I think a lot of the success that Carr has had in, in stretches this year 
has come at home in Oakland. I mean, the, the yards per attempt number is up 7.4, a career high for Derek Carr through five seasons in the NFL, um, kind of on a late career Eli path with the first five <laughs> years of efficiency. So you got to be real happy right now if you're a Raiders fan. Uh, I look at this and uh, the, yeah, the defense is bad, but it, it almost seems like it'd have to be garbage time. Like he was good against them in their first meeting back in week 13, 285 yards, three touchdowns. I don't think he gets three TDs again. I, I'd take the under on that yardage total as well. I think the road factor is a big one and Kansas city having everything to play for is a huge factor as well. Okay. Two pro pro and con about Jordy Nelson pro in the last four weeks, he has 29 receptions. Con, two red zone targets total. Two red zone and, targets. And on 36 targets total, he has two red zone targets. Yeah, they don't spend a lot of time there. That's true. Um, last week, they scored 27. I don't have the, the breakdown in front of me, what they did. But yeah, um, so Jordy's, a, Jordy's kind of like a, a, a PPR, decent floor play, and that's probably about it. Panthers, Saints. Um, okay, Saints are locked into the number one seed in the NFC. You are going to see some Teddy Bridgewater. You are probably not going to see a lot of Alvin Kamara or Mark Ingram or Michael Thomas. We would suspect the motley crew of receivers that caught all the passes on Thanksgiving night might factor in, you know, Kirkwood and Arnold and, you know, Tommy Lee Lewis and all those guys. But good luck trying to pick one, right? Yeah, so the inactive list for the Saints will probably be Breeze, Kamara, Ingram, Michael Thomas. Um, on the defensive side, I don't know, Cameron Jordan. Lattimore. Marshawn Lattimore. And then Taysom Hill. Because the, the, you got to protect Taysom Hill. Yep. <laughs> Taysom Hill. Well, you, got, you can't have one active quarterback. It'll, yeah, right. That, that's, the, that's the only reason why Taysom Hill won't be one of the seven inactives is because Breeze is one of them. Like, <laughs> um, so on the other side of this one, uh, Panthers are down to their third-string quarterback. Taylor Heineke is on injured reserve after hurting his elbow against the Falcons, so Kyle Allen is going to play. Ron Rivera joked that Kyle Allen was running to the sideline to get calls because he forgot that he had a microphone in his helmet because the third-string quarterback doesn't have that. <laughs> <laughs> so that's I mean, where okay. we are, Panther fans. What's, what's more surprising in this scenario, that, that the third-string quarterback doesn't also get the helmet radio? Like, yeah. I don't know the story behind this. I just saw the quick hit, the comment, and I was like, huh, that's weird. Or, or that Kyle Allen didn't realize, like, I'm the backup today. I have a helmet that has a radio in it now. Like, I'm, not, I'm really not sure which surprises anymore. <laughs> I'm not sure either. Um, so with this, okay, so let's say you think the Saints are the, uh, the Saints are sitting a lot of people. We think some of the defensive players won't play a lot either, or some of the defensive starters, and we mentioned Lattimore. Could you play a Panthers pass catcher without, mm. you know, with Kyle Allen because you think the defense will be playing, you know, some not so great players? This is going to surprise people, but I'm going to be very honest here. I didn't really scout Kyle Allen anyway. <laughs> so I, uh, I'm kind of learning who Kyle Allen is with the rest of the fantasy players out there. And I, I think the general concept here. <clears throat> is that you can you could definitely think about rolling him out there as a, like a min salary quarterback and you can pair him with one of the pass catchers but you always with the backup quarterback even in week 17 you run the risk of just total disaster i mean think about the little anecdote you just you just shared like he didn't realize he had a radio in his helmet like 
that that's a, it's a, it's a pretty big mistake when you think about it. And I don't know if I trust someone who's that unprepared to come out and give me a good week 17 in DFS. It's still to be considered. It's all it's all based on salary and and kind of buying blind for me at this point with Kyle Allen. And if I were going to pair somebody with him, I'd probably try to go cheap with the the piece that goes with them too. Right. You know, if, if I'm looking at prices and DJ Moore is still the most expensive receiver, I'm either going down for Ian Thomas or looking at some of the other depth receivers like a Curtis Samuel, just trying to find value and then just spending up on chalk that has to play and, and play well for good teams to clinch their various playoff spots. All right. The other thing is on with the Panthers – Ron Rivera said Monday, basically, he, he he was asked about, you know, hey, would you rest people? Like, basically said, hey, Christian McCaffrey's got this huge workload this year. Would you rest him? And he didn't he didn't dismiss it. He kind of said, you know, well, we'll talk about it. So be careful if you have a guy like Christian McCaffrey. I mean, I think there's re- he could get 20 touches. He could get five. I don't know what's going to happen. I was worried about it last week, and it didn't matter, of course. He smashed and went over 30 DraftKings points again. So. Right. You know, it's been a, a season of egg on my face most of the time with the uh, the DFS calls, but I, I think Week 17 is even a different animal yet. And yeah, if McCaffrey plays, you still have to have that kind of lingering concern that it's not going to be uh, at the usual capacity. I mean, I think what you're going to have is with the Chargers still having something to play for. I guess that that game starts later than the Chiefs game, though, so they might they might know their fate before that game starts. Which kind of makes that situation messy too, doesn't it? Wait, who might who which who might know what before the game starts? Sorry, the, the Chargers play late, right? They play at the Broncos in the late afternoon block, don't they, they? They all, yeah, but they play the Chiefs play late too. Oh, they get the Chiefs late too. Okay, yeah, I didn't, I didn't. They 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 messed around with the schedule to put all the games that mattered. Like they 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 didn't set up any scenarios where a team in the early window would make a team in the late window rest people. As they should. Okay, yeah. I was just I was just looking at the outline. I saw the Chiefs near the top, and I'm like, they didn't let them play at noon, did they? Okay, so yeah, no, nothing that depends on other stuff is is on a, a different block. So right. no worries there then, because I, I otherwise I would have said, well, crap, you could lose Melvin Gordon from this main slate too if it were structured that way. Because it's not, that's not a concern. So Gordon and Barkley are probably going to be the two running backs everybody pays up for because you got. Gurley's still banged up. They could back off him pretty easily. You got McCaffrey and Elliott. You know, Elliott's probably not going to play much or at all. McCaffrey might play less than usual. But Gordon and Barkley seem like they're going to play kind of full full go. And then you got like Kamara probably resting for the Saints. You know, James Conner fully practiced on Wednesday. Maybe he's back this week. You get Cincinnati. Right. Those three guys, Gordon, Barkley, and Connor, are probably your, your chalk at running back this week. You, you, they might be right. Gordon, Barkley, Connor. Um, I mean, the Rams need to play, but we don't know what's up with Gurley. Um, let's see. Yeah, there's not really. We're going to talk about a guy later who might be chalky at running back. Jets, Pats. So the Pats, if they win, they clinch AFC number two. If they lose, they could get leapfrogged by the Texans. Do you, do you think the I, I was having a chat with someone yesterday about the Pats just saying, is it I mean, they're favored by two touchdowns here and they're playing for I mean, they're talking about it, saying, you oh, know, it's like a playoff game for us, that kind of thing. And you think, well, this this is the kind of situation where the typical Pats would beat the Jets, you know, 37 to three. Are these the typical Pats? Like, is that get right, that rebound game, 
is is that in them right now? I think so. I mean, they beat the Jets in Week 12 by 14 on yeah. the road, so I, I think they're going to kind of handle their business. We saw it last week against the Bills, too. The Jets and Bills are pretty similar in terms of quality. So whether it's Sony Michelle 20-plus carries again or you know Brady going off early through the first three quarters, opening up that lead, I'm not sure. Um, I, I've been guilty all year of expecting more of a bounce back from the Patriots than than what they've given us so far. Right. But it, it's, it's kind of like my approach with the St. Louis Cardinals in baseball. Like they're they're never dead. They're like just when you think they've they've lost something, they usually come back at the very end. In this case, December, and then roll in the postseason in in like less than ideal circumstances and that certainly seems like what they have going uh, right now but i i think the patriots handle their business and you know win by 13 15 points so the spread's probably like right on that same range but i i don't you know i'm not worried about the hitting i guess i'd be worried hovering a little bit all right yeah i'm just worried thinking you know you look at this game and like i said in most years i'd go all right yeah brady's gonna throw four touchdowns and now or Michelle's going to run for three or something. And now I go, yeah, I mean, they might score 27 and, and, and win comfortably enough. It's just the, I, I said, I, to, to something that you said, I don't think they're dead, but I think they've lost something. I think there's just a, a certain, an, an extra gear that this time I'm not sure they have. Yeah, it's totally possible. And there are some years, and this happens with the Cardinals too, where I, I still fear them and they actually do bow out in September. They actually are. Uh, down for a year. It it does happen, um, and I think it's it's interesting. It's like, well, if you're trying to troubleshoot the 2018 Patriots, what's the first thing about that team that you think is is flawed? Like, where where do you see the the biggest step back for them? Gronk. So, so Gronk not being Gronk anymore makes the offense just as, as a whole just much easier to contain. Yes, and the, and now that Josh Gordon's out, the field's not as stretched. Which it kind of explains why they were running like crazy against the Bills. I mean, if, if you can do it, if you've got a good offensive line, you can open up those holes and run on teams that really aren't bad against the run. That's going to create some of the balance that you were, you're you going to need right. by not being able to just have mismatches all over the field. All right. Other side of this one, the Jets... <laughs> The Jets' implied point total is—is is it sixteen? It's fifteen and a half. No, it's it's low. The game's down at forty-four and a half. Yeah. Patriots were favored by fourteen, down to thirteen and a half right now. It's pretty bad. It's, it's pretty uh, bad. We're talking like twenty-eight, fourteen would be forty-two. So it's it's about sixteen points. Okay, what what are you doing with if you own? Maguire or Robbie Anderson? Because Robbie Anderson's been a the volume's been significantly up lately. Let's say for both of these guys, it has. Robbie Anderson's good. Like, yeah, I, I feel validated in how much I liked him at the end of the season, even though it didn't really work out for me in the places where I drafted him, where I you know had to get him sixth, seventh round. It, it, he wasn't you know paying off. He did almost nothing for those first four weeks, and and it had an injury in midseason. But down the stretch, I mean, if you scooped him up. I think I pointed this out last week. He might have been the kind of guy someone picked up to replace Odell Beckham in a 10 or a 12-team league, and you're getting pretty close to Beckham-like output right. down the stretch these last three games. You know, the Patriots, uh, they might have some answers for Robbie Anderson. They tend to take away opposing teams' top options pretty effectively. 
but I, I think if you're still playing it out for a Week 17 championship and he's part of the reason why you're there, it's really hard to sit him down right now. I think Elijah McGuire, they had the game script could be favorable again for him to be heavily involved in the passing game. He's just not explosive. I, I, I think... As a player, I, I think he's very mediocre. It's it's just all about the volume. I could, I could more comfortably justify finding a way to not play Elijah McGuire than to not play Robbie Anderson. Fair enough. Eagles Redskins next. And by the way, folks, when I did the rundown for this show, I did it based on the original schedule. I did not time them, but these games are these games are not in chronological order. Just so you know, the Eagles Redskins, as uh, Derek brought up about the Chiefs Raiders early, another game in the four twenty five window. Um, Eagles Redskins. Eagles can still make the playoffs if they win and the Vikings lose. So the Eagles can be playing it out. The Redskins. I got to tell you, in the two games with Josh Johnson. They have been pesky, right? Well, one game they won, so they were more than pesky. But the game against the Titans last week, you know, I mean, look, they, they lost by nine, but the last play was a Hail Mary interception for a pick six. So it was a close game. And I know Mariota was out, but it's kind of like the Redskins are down in their fourth quarterback, and you thought there was potential for them to just kind of get smoked, and it hasn't happened. Do you think they have another solid game in them? I think so. I think Philadelphia's defense is so bad. The secondary is so banged up, so weak that uh, even even an offense that's not really designed to throw it a lot right now with Josh Johnson at quarterback can do well in that spot. So I, I think this could be a pretty interesting matchup. The Eagles have to go on the road. I think the Eagles are still going to win, but I think they're going to get pretty significant resistance here. These are there's several players in this game on the Washington side that are trying to probably audition for jobs for 2019 elsewhere, if not to stay in Washington. I mean, Josh Johnson's probably not playing anywhere next year after a five-year layoff, but uh, it's it's interesting. Yeah, 7.8 YPA, it's better than what we saw from him in previous opportunities earlier in his career. Those were pretty limited chances, and those were a long time ago as well. Right. But I, I think this is a, a good enough Washington team to at least scare the Eagles a little bit and keep it interesting. Okay. Who, who do you like on the Eagles Besides Ertz, who's obvious. I always seem to like Elshon Jeffrey more than the field, and I can't figure out why. Like, <laughs> I really don't understand it at this point. Uh, but it does seem like his his target share has been a little more stable in recent weeks. I mean, there was a, a run for about three or four games uh, closer to like early November where he kind of disappeared, and that's been a little less of a concern lately. So I'm kind of back in with Jeffrey. Nelson Aguilar is playing a lot of snaps lately, too, and Golden Tate is not. So I, I kind of wonder if, if Aguilar has kind of gone back to, to being the guy that they're going to use in that role because they've, even though they have a chance to make the playoffs, they're still looking at the future, and Golden Tate you know, might not be a part of their future. All right. Lions-Packers. Uh, Devontae Adams and Kenny Galladay did not practice Wednesday, but it sounds like they should play. All right, so I want to talk about Remember that chalky running back I mentioned earlier? Yeah. Jamal Williams played about a million snaps on Sunday against the Jets. He had 21 touches. I got a touchdown. He had 156 yards from scrimmage. Bigger news, Damon Harrison did not practice Wednesday for the Lions. I don't know exactly what that means. Uh, I think even though the Lions have stiffened up against the run, Jamal Williams is a, I mean, volume-wise, you have to play him, but I still think he's a pretty strong play. 
Yeah, I think he is. Uh, I think the Lions, even with snacks, are, are giving up over four yards per carry. I think it was 4.2 last time I checked it out uh, since that trade. And if he doesn't play, then they go back to being the porous dumpster fire they were before they acquired him, potentially. So uh, Williams getting good volume. I mean, I, I like him more than Elijah McGuire. I think the situation's a lot better. The Packers are a home favorite. Jets are a road underdog, so that's part of where it comes in, too. And, and Williams, relatively speaking, has fresh legs. I mean, having Aaron Jones running ahead of him for the better part of the last 10 weeks, I think, has you know, left him in a position where he probably feels a lot better in week 17 than he would have if he'd been getting 15 carries every week to this point. So uh, the thing I like about Williams, he is a capable pass catcher, even if he's not going to be a very efficient runner. Should get 15 carries pretty easily. Might catch five passes. Probably gets you at least you know 18 to 20 points in a PPR league especially if Damon Harrison doesn't go. I think that 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 becomes even more likely because it's going to be so much easier to do it. All right. Let's go to Jags Texans. But do you think how how chalky do you think Rodgers is in this spot? I think people are still kind of just staying away from him because they don't think he's typical Rodgers anymore. I mean, the last week's game might pull in more ownership than we've seen because he went totally nuts. But I almost wonder too like, you know, the weather could be cold again, could be icy. That could be a factor that comes into play. I, I don't know. I, I, I'm kind of looking at it more on the side of he'll be lower owned than he should be, given that their implied total is probably going to be among the higher on the board. And he, he, we saw it. I mean, even even in a game where it looked like they were kind of dead, he came back and put up his best game of the year. Okay. Let's go to Jags-Texans. Texans could get number two in the AFC if they win and the Pats lose. Texans could also fall. They could lose the division to the Colts. If uh, if the Colts win and they lose, I, th- I believe if I have it right that the Titans would not win the tiebreaker against the Texans, but the Colts would. So the Texans have a lot to play for. Let's put it that way. Uh, Demarius Thomas out, hurt himself last week. He's done. Um, Lamar Miller limited on Wednesday's practice, but it sounds like he might be ready to come back on the other side of this one. Blake Bortles starts for the Jags. Yay! Uh, sure. <laughs> He's on the road, so that's never good for him. It was it's to, rarely good for him. Okay, so to, things to like in this game. Lamar Miller limited. If he comes back, I guess you're starting him in most cases. You're starting Watson and Hopkins. What about Fournette? Where are we? Where are we on Fournette these days? I'm, this is just. This is not going well. The question is, how much of his lack of output in the first two NFL seasons is the result of? not being healthy even when he plays. Yep. Like that that's part of it. But then if he hasn't been healthy in 2 years and he had injury trouble at LSU, is he always going to be banged up? And then how much does he struggle because teams could just load up the box against him since the quarterback play has been dreadful this year especially and I, I still don't think you fear Blake Bortles that much when he's playing well. Like you you just say, you know what? We're not going to let the Jags get 5 yards of carry on the ground. We're going to make Blake Bortles beat us. And that typically is a pretty good game plan. I, I, I'm down on, on Fournette, and I'm, I'm just trying to figure out if it's only the injuries or if we've just been overestimating what he is as a player. I don't think that's the case, right. but I don't want to rule it out because we're, we're almost through two seasons now where he's looked a lot like Trent Richardson from an efficiency standpoint. Yes. Um, all right, by the way, do you, do you follow uh, the Blake Bortles facts account on Twitter? No, but I think enough people I follow follow it where I, I still I feel like I follow it. Yeah, it's good stuff. 
I see I see content from that account. Like, you know, Blake Bortles has lost three fewer Super Bowls than Tom Brady. Like that. So it's pretty funny. Um, I, 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 need, I need an account like that that puts a positive spin on the things that I have failed to do in my life. Okay, maybe we'll create that account for you. <laughs> I think that would be fun. <laughs> DVR facts. There you go. Yeah. DVR uh, facts. Like, just try to, try to make me look good. Uh, Browns-Ravens also in the late window. Um, Ravens are in with a win. They could get as high as AFC number two if Pats and Texans both lose. They can miss the playoffs if they lose and the Steelers win. So issues. There. But the Ravens are no resting, relaxing anything for the Ravens. But it's funny. Of all the teams, there's a lot of teams on the schedule that sort of have a win in there in kind of thing just to kind of secure their position. But, but a lot of them are playing. I mean, the Pats are playing the Jets. The Texans are playing the Jags. The the. The Rams are playing the, the 49ers. You know, you look at them and you go, oh, they should win. They should win. They should win. <laughs> Ravens with the Browns coming in? Not so much exactly. This should be a good one. You don't, yeah, you don't want to catch the Browns right now, which I don't think I've ever said. In, in right? The time I've been doing podcasts and radio shows. The Browns are good. Like they, what, what if they just hadn't kept Hugh Jackson yeah. coming into the season? What I mean, think of the possibilities. They could have won the division this year. Yep. What if they hadn't been running Carlos Hyde over Nick Chubb for the first seven weeks? Mm-hmm. I agree. It's amazing. And didn't didn't Sashi Brown do more to help build this team than than John Dorsey? Does he get a trophy for for this happening? Sashi Brown maybe should get another job. I mean. It, in theory, a team like the Raiders should hire a guy like Sashi Brown. But you know they won't see it through, right? So he'll, he'll he'll like help fix that mess, only to get dumped before it's actually complete. But clearly, like the way it was set up, that was that was the previous front office that put John Dorsey in this position, and some of the stuff they did was pretty obvious. I mean, Baker versus Darnold was a legit toss up, and I don't know. Denzel Ward was a was a, an against the grain pick, I think. Okay. And it turned yeah. out right. I mean, you know, I, I'm I'm a big fan of everything Sashi did, and I thought he got a bad deal from them. But but I did, I think pe- people were kind of yelling at them when they didn't draft Chubb, Bradley Chubb, right? So they were. you know, I, I I and I think that turned out to be the right move for them. Not that Chubb's not good, he is, but they had Agba and they liked him, and they thought Ward could be a shutdown, and he seems to be. I just. I really can't believe that you you do the unconventional thing with Sashi Brown and Paul D. Podesta, and you then dump Sashi Brown like what two years into it? Yeah, they should have let him see this through. Right. He basically did. They fired him for doing what he told them he was going to do. Yeah. I, I just I, I really I really don't get that. It, but it, it, it's, it's it's such a typical NFL thing. I mean, I, I just saw the the tweet of the head coaches the Packers have been linked to so far i guess they've interviewed jim caldwell um i, I think the tweet was kind of making fun of them that they'd also be looking at uh uh marty schottenheimer and guys that don't coach anymore <laughs> I, chuck pagano was the other one right and I, I i think all this is is just interviewing people probably I, mean, I think i don't i don't think this is them actually thinking that any former head coach discarded by teams that had less success than they did over the last 10 years. 
I don't think they feel like that's their true solution. Right. Um, one thing I want to point out about the Browns, much as I'm, I'm enjoying everything that's going on with them, they won five out of six, which is great. The wins. Yeah, they haven't beat anybody good. Falcons, Bengals, Panthers, Broncos, Bengals. I mean, the, the timing Bron- on, the, on the, on the, on the, on the road is a nice win. That's that's a pretty nice win, but that's a pretty lousy team in the second half of the season. Yeah. They caught, I mean, they caught banged up Cam and a Falcons team that's been just ravaged by injuries this year. Yep. And the, and the game that they lost, they lost by sixteen at Houston. I mean, they got kind of they got beat up in that game. Right. The the one playoff team they played, they got smacked. So just just you know, much as we think this is a game, the Browns. Uh, as much as I think the Browns are really coming on, I don't know if they're they're all the way there yet. So just just food for thought. Was your fantasy football season a bust, Derek? Was it? It was okay, not great. Okay. Do you want a shot at redemption? I think yes, you do. I do. Yeah. Fantasypostseason.com is your home for playoff fantasy sports. Fantasy Postseason has exclusive games and content for postseason football. Our leagues are just starting up when the real games mean the most. With all the features you expect in season-long leagues, Fantasy Postseason provides additional options and gameplay exclusive to the playoffs. You can set up large or small pools, head-to-head leagues, salary cap formats, and more. Fantasy Postseason offers live, auto, and offline drafting formats. Just pick the options right for you and your friends, set up your customized scoring, and get ready to dominate in the playoffs. Use code ROTOWIRE for 10% off your league. FantasyPostseason.com is where the action is when the playoffs start. Join now and use code ROTOWIRE to receive 10% off your league. That's FantasyPostseason.com when the games matter most. Um, you want me, my, The first prediction that I'll make for FantasyPostseason.com? The Houston, the Houston Texans will host the 430 Saturday game next week. <laughs> I think odds are one to eight that they're going to host that. That's yeah. That's usually how it works. Yep. All right. Falcons bucks meaningless. Uh, Tevin Coleman didn't practice Wednesday. He's got a groin injury. Remember Edith Smith's out. You might see a lot of Brian Hill. Julio Jones will be monitored. They said he didn't practice Wednesday. I would worry about Julio. If, if I owned him, if I was playing in week 17, you need to watch Julio to the very last minute to make sure he plays because I don't trust this one at all. He put, they had him on a bit of a snap count against the Panthers the other day and his hip is still bugging him. And I wonder if they might just sit him, but we'll see. Um, and the other side, Deshaun Jackson didn't play Wednesday. Achilles sounds like he might be out again. This, this looks like a, this looks like a big bucks game to me here. It could be. Um, I, I, I always, I always find that they, they kind of let me down in times when I think they've got a, a pretty good layup sort of matchup, but I, I still like the price on Mike Evans. He's 7,700 on DraftKings. He's always kind of that first read for me. Jameis is at 6,100, which this week, the pricing on quarterback, there's a couple guys up over 7K on DraftKings or at 7K with Roethlisberger there and Mahomes at 7,100. The board does kind of set up where they present value, and with Atlanta being in its current state especially, it makes a lot of sense. So I, I could see some cash game building blocks in there and maybe some tournament appeal too. with, I don't know, a guy like Chris Godwin, perhaps who it seems like everyone's soured on in recent weeks. And frankly, I still think he's a pretty talented prospect. Yep. Um, yeah. Otherwise in this game, that's just, I don't know. The over under is kind of high. I think it's 51. So let me make sure. It 50, is 51, 51 is pretty high for week 17 because you got players that are being rested and you got some weather potentially that could be an issue. So, yeah, if you get a game in the 50s this late in the year, that's that's pretty good. Yep. 
All right, Dolphins-Bills, another game early. So Xavier Howard was limited in practice for the Dolphins. Uh, and that's one that, you know, even with the Bills passing game, that matters. So cool stat, Robert Foster, his A dot is 22.9 on 39 targets. That's pretty good. That's insane. Especially when Josh Allen can throw the ball eight miles. Yeah, he's like Uncle Rico. <laughs> so that's exactly who he's like, by the way. Are you are you still enjoying the Josh Allen experience? No, not really. Really? I am. I mean, I, I like that he's been useful from a fantasy standpoint for people uh, by running a lot more than we ever thought. But I, I really try not to watch the Bills on Sunday. Like, I, I try to avoid them as much as I possibly can. Are, are Kevin Payne and Stopa enjoying the Josh Allen experience? I, I, it kind of seems like it based on and what I see on, on Twitter from yeah. those guys. But I... I I mean, it's they're, fun. They're lives since since the early nineties, like their their football lives have been so miserable as as fans of that team that I don't think it takes much to make a Bills fan feel good. Like I, I think their their threshold for being impressed at quarterback is lower than maybe any franchise in the league, save for Cleveland prior to this year. All right, so uh Erickson's got Foster at wide receiver twenty six. Too high, too low, or just right? That sounds about right. I think it's a little low. I, I like him this week. But it's it, he's a, he's a boom-bust kind of guy. I get it. So, all right. Um, and, and last week, the Kalen Balazs thing, that was a bummer. Drake was <sighs> on the field for 85% of the snaps. The, they said, there's so many reasons. I mean, it didn't impact me directly in the pentathlon, but... In the super flex portion, I picked up C.J. Anderson. You and I talked about it. I was kind of skeptical of the quote and, and how it was being applied, and clearly I was wrong in my interpretation of what was going on because C.J. Anderson looked great and ran really well yep. against a pretty bad Arizona defense. But I played Kalen Balaj earlier in the day before we knew that uh, Todd Gurley was out. And had I just said, you know what? I'm playing Anderson. They're going to back off Gurley even if Gurley plays. I would have lucked into a lot of points, and that would have... That would have swung some money in the pentathlon. At least, I think first and second overall would have tied if I had made that move because Superflex would have swung a point that way. Okay. I feel bad about that, but I I don't know. I made the best decision I could with the information I had. Like I I didn't know Kalen Balaj was going to disappear. Why, they, why wouldn't you give that guy more carries? You hated Kenyon Drake all season, right? You did. Totally. You're going to give you're going to give him you're going to give Kalen Balaj six touches if he gets ten yards of carry against Minnesota. Mm-hmm. I agree. They played him plenty. They gave him the ball enough against Minnesota. Brutal. Mm. All right. Um, Bengals-Steelers. So, Steelers need a win and a Ravens loss to get in. Or they need a Colts-Titans tie, but, you know, they're not going to get that. Um, James Conner, full practice Wednesday. Looks like he's going to be ready to go. Tyler Boyd looks like he's still not going to return for the Bengals. Steelers favored huge in this game. All right. I, I got one for you. Let's say you're playing in a Yahoo League. And Connor's back. That you know that after Friday they say Connor's off the injury report. He's playing. Do you still sneak Jalen Samuels into a tight end spot in the Yahoo League? Is he still worth playing, or do you think he just gets buried? I think he might get buried. I mean, they they need this game, so yeah. you you would assume that they're gonna 
give Connor pretty close to a full workload. Maybe it's a little like the Ware Williams thing where because Samuels played well enough and, and had a, a passing role that could sustain even with the starter being back, maybe Connor's on the field less in some of those situations. But if he's good enough to play, then you're going to give him a heavy workload. It seems like they took a nice conservative approach with him to get him back close to 100%. So Samuels at tight end in like a 12-team league, yeah. A 10-teamer, maybe. So I, I think there's a path for it because of the unusual eligibility. Okay. So I wonder if he – I mean, I, sometimes I look at situations like this and I go I, – I look at Connor versus Samuels and I go – why would they be that much more attached to Connor than Samuels? Because Samuels has been pretty pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, has been. So, I don't know. Um, let's see. Uh, Jeff doesn't have Samuels ranked because, again, that's only Yahoo where he's at tight end. Um, all right. So, yeah, Steelers are, Steelers are playing to win. Reminder. All right, Bears-Vikings. This one's interesting. It's in the late window. So, the Bears are going to be scoreboard watching. Because the Bears are right now NFC number three. They can get to number two if they win and the Rams lose to the 49ers. Now, the Rams losing to the 49ers at home seems like a long shot. They asked Matt Nagy the other day if he was going to rest people. And he said, you know, we're not in position to do that because there's still a chance that we can move up and get a bye. So I can't see doing it. However... I mean, is it overthinking to, to look and say, well, what if the Rams are up 24 another than halftime? And Matt Nagy sees that. And he knows he's playing next week. Does he take his foot off the gas a little bit? I would think so, yeah. And I think it's reflected in the line, too. I mean, the Bears are four-and-a-half-point underdogs. Yep. They were six-and-a-half when it opened. But I, I think that's a, a likely scenario. I think you, you play it out early, you see how it goes. The Rams were six-point favorites when it opened. They're up to ten. Kind of surprising how much that line's moved as well. But the San Francisco has been bad on the road this season. They have not won a game yet. Is it possible? Sure. Like they've, they've played pretty well under Kyle Shanahan despite terrible luck with injuries over the course of the season. But I, I would assume you're getting more of like a half game out of the Bears starters, and they spread the ball around so much that that's a, a very frustrating sort of thing to try and, and navigate anyway. What's really messed up in all this, though, is like the Eagles need them to beat the Vikings in order to make the playoffs. Right. So the Eagles are, are out there like, hey, come on, guys, like get it done. But how much will the Bears rest on defense? Like which I mean, you, you only rest so many players because you have to you only have 45 guys on the roster on game day. Right. But I would assume like a Khalil Mack gets pulled from this game early. Yep. Trubisky especially with a previous shoulder injury and maybe a couple other key like Tariq Cohen, Allen Robinson, maybe I, I, I'm trying to figure out like which guys are actually going to be rested for the bears. I'm not sure which guys, but the defense I think will get that they're If they start resting, it'll be a lot of them. Yeah. I mean, so, Max, the name that sticks out, but it'll be a lot of them. It, it just, it, it's really bizarre. I mean, you, you kind of, if you're banking on the bears to do a lot offensively, you're probably expecting or also predicting San Francisco to do a lot better yep. than expected at 10-point dogs. So if this scenario happens, and you know, like we said, we saw the point spread where Vegas seems to think it might. I mean, look, the, the Vikings, we, we talk about all the time about how you know the two receivers and, and Cook, I mean, you're kind of starting in all situations. 
Cousins is is the maybe one. But do you start like I I look at Dalvin Cook. I think the Vikings are going to win this game, and I think the Bears might not sleepwalk. But I don't know if the intensity level will be a hundred percent all the way through just because of the situation they're in. That they're that they're likely not playing to increase their position. They could, but probably not. I, I have, I have no fear about Dalvin Cook. Even against the Bears, I have no fear about Dalvin Cook right now. I'm, I'm ready to roll with him um, anywhere and everywhere. And happy to do it, not just saying, well, I guess I have to, even though it's the Bears. I have I still have some, some fear with Cook in particular. I, I think we've seen the Bears, even with everybody on the field, they can be had a little bit at receiver. You know, they're... Their fantasy points allowed to opposing receivers is not what you'd expect for a defense that's been pretty much elite this season. So I think it's more of a Thielen and dig spot than a, a cook spot. I think they can still contain the run pretty effectively. Uh, but I, I I think Cook's getting enough work and he looks good enough where you, you would still play him. So I think you're higher on him than me. And I think they can do a little more damage to the air given the circumstances. Okay. Chargers Broncos. This is at Denver. Chargers can get the number, literally the number one seed in the AFC if they win and the Chiefs lose. But the Chiefs are home to the Raiders, so they're probably not going to lose. Most likely, they get number five and maybe go to Baltimore next week, which is a hellish oh. thing for a good oh. season. Yeah, they just, they just caught them at home, too, and yeah, you know, couldn't get it done. So uh, Eckler's expected back for the Chargers. Philip Lindsay out for the Broncos. That means Royce Freeman. Finally, Royce Freeman owners, most of you who are no longer playing. <laughs> if you drafted him in the fourth round and you're playing week 17, you finally get a Royce Freeman week. <laughs> but he's probably going to get sniped by Booker on passing downs anyway, right? Probably. Uh, probably going to be cheap on both DFS sites that you play on or all three DFS sites you play on or four or five, depending on how many you really play. I mean, I assume most people play on two, like FanDuel or DraftKings. But Yahoo's been running those massive overlay contests and but Freeman's thirty five hundred on DraftKings, for example. I would mm-hmm. assume he's close to ten bucks on Yahoo. Like he's going to be at or near the floor, and he's probably getting fifteen carries this week. I think you're right yeah. about Booker. I think Booker's on the field in passing situations. But if you're Denver, why don't you just see if Freeman can handle those snaps this week? Like, exactly. What's the, what's the downside? Like give him give him a look. Give him some actual game reps. All right. So the question I'm asking next. It's not so much question. Uh, it might be a little bit at the end. Um, it might depend on how much you like Lindsay. But, so the Chargers are favored by about a t- six and a half is the last I saw. So the Broncos at home this season. Actually, I pulled up the wrong page. I apologize. Um, I'm going to pull the Broncos schedule up right here. So the Broncos at home this season. So far. Ready? Yep. Three-point win over the Seahawks. One-point win over the Raiders. Four-point loss to the Chiefs, three-point loss to the Rams, two-point loss to the Texans. Vance, idiot. Win over the Steelers, and one-point loss to the Browns. So they have been at home. The, the most they've lost by is four points. And I'm supposed to, I know we're not getting into gambling completely here, but I'm not giving them six and a half at home, even without Lindsay. And because of that, I think this could be a pretty, this could be a dogfight of a game to where I don't love the Chargers fantasy options. Well, um, it's interesting because Massey Peabody, I think, would agree based on where they've got teams. They have the Chargers as the third 
best team based on their power rankings. They'd have them as five. Let's see. They got them as a 5.5. They've got the Broncos as a 1.18. So the difference against each other is about four points. That's on a neutral field. Denver's at home. Yeah, that's a pretty surprising line. I, I think too too much is being made of the Broncos having nothing to play for based on that line. Yep. But do you think that team, I mean, look what just happened to them against the Raiders on Monday night. Do you think they've quit? Like, is, is that's kind of the concern you have? Or is there going to be a, a bounce back because of the embarrassing mistakes that were made throughout that game? I think that might be. And I think their home field, they're generally, I mean, they're they're solid. I mean, they're, it's like it's like, it's like the Baltimore real. effect too. The Ravens are like every team's better at home, but the Ravens seem like they're a little better than most at home. The Broncos are kind of like that too. Yep. All right, let's go to Cardinal Seahawks. So the Seahawks, I mean, you'd think they should beat the Cardinals. The Seahawks, right? They they could drop to number six if they lose and the Vikings win. Otherwise, they'll be number five, and that's the difference between going to play the Cowboys and going to play probably the Bears, which is I think a big deal. I would, rather, very, I would rather go play the Cowboys. Difference. Oh, yeah. I mean, Dallas, yes, for sure. Yep. So with that said, though, I mean, because it's the Cardinals and they're so bad, you think that this could be 24 nothing at halftime, right? Something yeah, could like be. that. So I'm looking at Jeff's rankings, and, and this is – I'm not picking on Jeff because this is common. He has Chris Carson as his top running back for the week. Arizona is horrible against the run. And yes. Chris Carson's had at least 22 carries in three straight games. So I, I totally see it. Okay. Penny might be back. That's one. And the other thing is, Pete Carroll says he's playing it out. I'm not sure I, I buy it. I don't I think, think Chris that's, Carson that's, will that's, be yeah. inactive. I think Chris Carson might sit for the entire second half. It's possible. Um, and, and you're not getting a deal in DFS either. Right. So he's a good season long play. If you get a week 17 championship and you've got Chris Carson, you're happy to have him. Yep. Do, do you opt in with an inflated price tag that I think is now, at least on DraftKings, the highest of the season. Yeah. Highest season, high price in week 17 on Chris Carson. Mm-hmm. I mean, that could scare some people away. That's yeah. that may, maybe it keeps ownership in the mid to high teens range instead of 25, 30, you know, where the, the high end, high end chalk goes. But, the uh, the situation is right. I understand why Jeff would have him there. I, I do too. If this was a normal, if this was week fifteen, I, I think I'd agree. This yeah. particular week, I'm just a little. I'm, I'm hesitant. I'm hesitant to go all in on Chris Carson because who's, who's your top ranked back then? Is it uh, Saqu- Gordon? Oh, Saquon. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, the Cowboys are going to sit everybody down. I mean, he he and and if Odell Beckham doesn't play, I me, mean, Saquon might get the ball thirty times. Yeah, it's it's a weird week. Week 17 is kind of quirky and fun. I like it more for DFS. I don't like it for season long. I think it's it it just it's too annoying to have players you relied on all season get reduced roles or completely re- completely removed from games because of team circumstances that we had no way of predicting right in any way back in August September. Like yeah, sure we know what teams we we, we think we know what teams are going to be good. We don't know if they're going to have something to play for in Week 17 or not. That's the simple case against the Week 17 championship. But it creates all these little pockets of intrigue for DFS, especially with the pricing kind of reflecting some guys having clear-cut backup roles when 
Well, they they don't. They, they they will actually get a starter's workload. The other thing in this game, could you do you ever find yourself playing into narratives when it comes to this stuff? The narratives are fun, but do you put your money on them or your lineups on them? I think I have other biases that I'm kind of blinded to, or I, I, I see them after the fact. I'm looking back. I'm like, why did I like that player? And I, I think about the reasoning some more, and I'm like, oh, it was too much because of this odd circumstance, and not enough because the matchup was good or the price was right or the role was what it should have been. I mean, you're referring to Larry Fitzgerald, right? This could be his last game. Correct. He's 4,900 on DraftKings. It's a road matchup in Seattle. He's been getting lots of targets, nine, eight, nine, six, the last four. Doesn't do a ton yardage-wise with them. Is very touchdown-dependent at this point. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you kind of expect a guy like Larry Fitzgerald to score in his last game. Right, well, with a, especially if the Seahawks take their foot off the gas a little bit in the second half. Like, Do you, do you think they just target Fitz constantly? Probably. I mean, I think they kind of do that anyway. Yeah, no, that's fair. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think it's by, hey, it's his last game. I think it's more like, well, he's the only person here who's good. I think, I think he's one of those guys that's had an amazing career that we haven't fully appreciated because it's happened for a bottom five NFL franchise. Yep, that's true. The Cardinals are a joke of a franchise. It's too bad. And it's a shame. It's a shame he never... success there for him, but... Yeah, it's a shame they didn't have sustained success with him where he had multiple chances to, to I mean, got, got to play in a Super Bowl against the Steelers, almost won a Super Bowl against the Steelers. Mm-hmm. But he's one of those guys, just seems like a genuinely good guy that you kind of wish had been on more competitive teams than he, he actually was. Yep. All right, Niners-Rams. Rams clinched NFC number two with a win or with a Bears loss. Todd Gurley didn't practice again Wednesday. They are not giving away what's up with him. I would think even with the number, even with a home field, even with a buy at stake, any hesitation they have about Gurley, they're going to sit him again, aren't they? I would think so. Now, you've already committed to Saquon Barkley as a a top play on the board, and he's priced at 8200 on DraftKings. So let's assume that you can't play both C.J. Anderson and Jamal Williams this week. And if, if Williams and Anderson are in line for similar roles by the end of the week, who do you prefer? Do you save the 600 bucks and go to CJ Anderson or do you pay up for Jamal Williams? I think I pay on DraftKings. I pay up for Jamal Williams with the pass catching. All right. I, I, I like it. I, I think that's something people are going to be thinking about a lot as the weekend gets closer. Um, and also, yeah, I guess it's going to depend on how the game goes because Kelly got 10 carries that game, right? I think he got a lot more work than people realized because Anderson was so good. I mean, he got four yards of carry. Yeah, 10, 10 for 40. Yep. So and It's so frustrating. I'm, I'm, it didn't impact me, and I'm still mad about it. I, I, he should have been in my lineup. C.J. Anderson should have been in that lineup I, instead of Kalen Balaj. I. Ugh. That's... Well, no, they had to make the decision early. I don't think. Here's, here's, remember what happened Sunday morning is that the girly news was uncertain. Right. It was trending towards he was going to play. It, Schefter, it, was, it, was, it was somewhat optimistic. Schefter reported that they were pretty sure that barring a setback, he was going to play. And that turned a lot of people toward Gurley. In this particular case, 
I'll explain this in a second. I, I guess right on that. And I said, I still don't believe it. I say, if you got, if you, if you're setting a lineup by one o'clock, you can't do it. You can't bet on him playing. But I don't know that I would have bet on CJ Anderson either. You know, even though I was negative and I told well, people to bench CJ Anderson. I had Brita too, as a late afternoon option that I could have swapped him. Yeah. You could have swapped him with Anderson. That was, that was, that's the other wrinkle is like, but that, that was close enough too, though. Where that game was projected to be a close game, Brita, we Brita's a known quantity this year, right. relatively speaking. Even if Anderson was the lead back, I still thought John Kelly was going to catch passes. I, I, I'm, I'm just mad. I'm mad because I'm seeing how close the points were in that particular event. And if, if, if the situation were flipped, and I don't even know if if the, if the people affected have even realized that maybe they've looked at my lineup and like, why did DVR do that? Like, I don't think so. I don't think it's like that because I played the best lineup using my best judgment. But I'm just mad that Anderson was that good and my other options were so mediocre. I just wish it didn't matter. I don't care that Anderson was good. I just wish my alternatives weren't so terrible so I wouldn't look at that and go, well, that that mattered to people. Right. Yeah, I, I, I just don't know how you could look. If you were making the swap and saying, okay, I had Gurley, now I'm going to plug Anderson in for him. I get that. But generally, the idea that, you know, oh, I was going to go, in my fantasy championship week, I was going to go, I was going to trust C.J. Anderson with one of my starting running back spots. Come on. I don't well, care how well he played. That didn't make any sense to me. But yeah, he, he would have probably played over Bellage if we knew earlier in the day. That would have been the move. I, I wasn't going to play him over Brita. Like, that Fine. just, that yes, wasn't my right. move. Yeah, I agree. Um, uh, and Brita might be out I, again. I, I think I think he's going to run like crazy. I think Anderson's going to be good again. I, I don't think San Francisco's bad against the run, but yeah, Brita I think is officially out already. They ruled him out on Christmas Eve already for Week 17. He's been dealing with that ankle injury all season though. And Pettis is going to be out again too. Oh man, this is this could be ugly, but it's Jeff Wilson time. Jeff Wilson time, nice. All right, um, that's that game. Finally, the night game. Colts Titans. So the winner gets the winners in the playoffs. Might be as a wild card. Again, if it's, um, I, I believe, I got to clarify this. I know the Colts would win the tiebreaker over the Texans. I'm not sure if the Titans would too. And I'm not going to bore you with the details. I can tweet it out later if you want. Because I, I, let me see. You know what? No, forget this. Now I'm going to read it. Now I'm going to find it. Okay. So we are at Houston Texans, right? Okay. Colts gets the AFC South division title with an Indy win and a Houston loss. Tennessee clinches the AFC South division title with a Tennessee win and a Houston loss. So either one of these teams could win the AFC South if the Jags lose, if the Texans lose to the Jags. Um, Mariota didn't practice Wednesday. We do. We just don't know. I, I, for me, the line's trending upward. By the way, it was Colts minus two and a half to start. Now it's Colts minus three and a half. From what I've read, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, we we don't have a sense that Mariota is trending one way or the other. It's just kind of let's wait and see what happens. Right. I think he's going to try to play. Yeah. And if he can't feel the right side of his body or whatever, he's, <laughs> it sounded. That's what it sounded like the problem was, which I'm thinking, like, does he have thoracic outlet syndrome? Because that would be bad. Uh, I think it's going to be more of a, a game-time decision field thing where he's going to start regardless, unless he can't feel the ball in his hand. And in that case, they're screwed. 
but uh, I think they're going to try to make him play. But but we had situations with him like this earlier in the season where he struggled a little, and it was it was with it was a similar type of situation where the numbness and all that stuff. I mean, I imagine playing quarterback in the NFL is difficult anyway, but yeah. playing when you can't feel your fingers, your hand, and or your arm. <laughs> that, Pretty rough. That might make it really difficult. Yeah, uh, agreed. So I, we're going to have to wait and see on that. Um, Blaine Gabbard, again, would be the backup. I th- would not advise Corey Davising if Blaine Gabbard was the quarterback, right? No, you cannot Corey Davis if, um, if Gabbard is starting. You okay. just can't. And... uh the other side of that one, Eric Ebron being hurt with the concussion last week. I mean, that's a little scary, too. He's key piece for that offense. It's, it's a big, big weapon to not have out there if he can't go. We'll see where he's at at the end of the week. Yep, and, and Ebron, the report early Wednesday that, that he was going to practice in a limited fashion, then he did not practice. So that's a wait and see. The other thing, um, Ryan Kelly, the Colts center, did not practice on Wednesday he, th- th- some, th- I read a stat with him, I think it was last week, that it was, they were averaging 4.9 yards of carry from the running backs with Kelly in and 3.4 without him. Hmm. Like it was some crazy disparity. Um, and Mac struggled the other day against the Giants. Um, I don't know how, I don't, off the top of my head, I don't know how, I, I hadn't seen how much Kelly missed at that one. Um, so anyway, Colts, Titans, yeah, there's not a lot of, I mean, Luck and Hilton, you're going to play even though the spot's not great. I mean, the over-under is kind of low. So the over-under is, is it's here. I know it is. It's 43 and a half. Yeah. Yeah, right? So, Not good. I mean, Luck, Hilton, Derrick Henry, and Ebron if he starts. And that's it for this one. That's the list. That's the list. <laughs> what else you got going on? Well, I'm going to write the DraftKings article today, so that should go up by Thursday night. Um, and then I've got radio and the DFS podcast very early tomorrow. And then uh, our buddy Joe Bartell is going to step in for me. So uh, he'll be here with you on the Friday afternoon podcast. So what, people can look forward to that. What do you got going on? What are you, where are you heading? I got some family coming in from out of town, so I have to go back towards Milwaukee. And I have to go past Milwaukee to my in-law's house to drop off my dog at uh, Nana Farms, as it's called. <laughs> she, she loves my mother-in-law. My mother-in-law's never had a dog, so she gets so much attention when uh, we go there. And food, scraps all the time. Hazel, yeah. Hazel eats like a queen and um, gets uh, all the attention when she's with my, my mother-in-law and my father-in-law. So, yeah, I got to drive like 30 minutes past where I'm actually going, drop her off, then go back up to see my parents, and we're going to visit with my cousins who we didn't get to see at Christmas, which is awesome, but it's just I realize I'm like I gotta leave work like early. Yeah. <laughs> I, gotta, I gotta take a half day if I'm gonna pull this uh, this early dinner off. So uh, fortunately, Joe was able to sub, so I got nice. that going on after work. But uh, lots of work between now and then. So that's it. So that's it for me and you for the season. This is it. That's the season. Yeah, um, it's been a good season again. I think. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Hope people are enjoying the podcast. Hope so too. The uh, the clam pizza talk is over. <laughs> for this year for everybody so hopefully people are happy about that <laughs> just waiting for the flurry of tweets like you guys gotta have a weekly pizza pod get get out yes. here talk pizza for every every week check my uh, twitter i i tweeted out photos of the clam pizza for for derek and for tim so you should check it out i'm at jay hop 37 he's at derek van riper um 
All right, my man. Well, enjoy Milwaukee. It's been a fun season. Again, great working with you. So thanks. Appreciate it. Yeah, it's been a blast working with you again this season, John. Great job steering the ship, lead hosting. Really pretty much all season. I think you, you were the lead host for all but maybe like two episodes or something. I so think that's true. Impressive stats again this year. Hey, thanks, man. All right, folks. Uh, as always, listeners to the podcast, get a free 10-day Rotowire, Rotowire trial at rotowire.com slash pod. No credit card needed for that. That lets you check out nearly all the features on the site. Take a look now, rotowire.com slash pod. If you like the podcast, please leave reviews and ratings wherever you're listening. Even though we're wrapping it up, we'd still appreciate that. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. Like Derek said, Joe and I will be here on Friday cover the latest news from practices, some injuries, some DFS conversations, some emergency subs if you need them, all that. So please come on back then. For Derek Van Riper, I'm John Halpin. See you next time. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.